You're listening to Oblivion. It is April 10th, 2023. David, let's start off with the late-breaking news of a shooting at the oddly named Louisville Mass Shooting Bank. Um, downtown Louisville, across from the Bat Stadium. Uh, apparently, it is... Uh, let's see what the death toll currently is. Um, it was four the last I heard. Yeah. Four, not including the shoot, twenty-three-year-old male shooter. Uh, yet another male. Goddamn, letting the side down. Uh, tw- uh, I'll just read you the uh, headline. They did have it five. They were including the last time I looked at it. It was five, but then now it's four. <laughs> now they're not including the suspect. So anyway, a twenty-three-year-old man armed with a rifle shot and killed. Four fellow employees at a bank in downtown Louisville, Kentucky. On Monday morning, the police said nine others were wounded in the attack, three of them critically. The suspect, who the police said was live-streaming the rampage, holy fuck, was killed by the police after exchanging fire on the scene. So, uh, yeah, so yet another awful fucking thing. It currently, apparently... And former empl- current or former employee, so uh, uh, there's that. But then I was kept reading, and it was like, um, uh, <laughs> as, a, as a strange twist of the story, uh, Governor Andy Bashir of Kentucky traveled to the scene of the shooting, was visibly emotional at the news conference on Monday morning. And I was when I read that, I was like, oh, oh well, he's the usual. He's out front and uh, with his thoughts and prayers. But then as he says, this is awful. He said, I have a very close friend that didn't make it today. And I have another close friend who didn't either. And one who's at the hospital that I hope is going to make it through. So when we talk about praying, I hope people will. <laughs> it's like, holy fuck. The governor said that he had run his campaign for attorney general from the bank building. Uh, this was Old National Bank in Louisville. Uh, and knew virtually everyone inside. That's my bank, he said. <laughs> So, holy shit. Wow. Uh, Yeah. But it gets better, David. The fun is just beginning. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, we heard about a reunification site. (laughs) No, no, no. Listen, the police department was still investigating the shooting as a bank when one man was... When, no, when one man was fatally shot and a woman was injured in a shooting later at about 7 a.m. on Monday outside Jefferson Community and Technical College, less than two miles from the bank. <laughs> It was not immediately clear what led to that shooting, but police said that the two shootings were not connected. <laughs> so, yeah, they're just well, like popping so up everywhere. It's a relief that they weren't connected. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, no problem there, David. Uh, and it's not even, wouldn't even be counted as a mass so shooting. It's shooting not a mass shooting if it's two people, David. Why'd right, you... so it's fewer, it's fewer dead, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, it's and not so. so. things are getting better. Right. You went from four, now it's down to two. So see how everybody's on it? <laughs> yeah. The knowing are on it. And uh, let's see. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't really have any commentary. Uh, of course, we've been talking about this subject for, uh, uh, of course, the off and on for the whole time. We've been doing this podcast since, uh, well, now it's three-year anniversary. Um Right around now, I, I guess it was late March when we started at 2020, the beginning of the that's pandemic. That's right. That, that yeah. is right. Wow, man, that's pretty good. Three years, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right, man. Well, I mean, used to us. Uh, <laughs> not, 
I don't have any champagne, but I'll... Uh, <laughs> a, uh, yeah, a uh, metaphorical champagne glass will be raised. I'll have an oat milk uh, <laughs> latte later. <laughs> Put a little fizzy in there, and then you, you know, won't be savor, able to... Savor the, the moment. Um, right. So uh, we've been talking about it for so long that it's... It's uh, a lot more dedication, people who... <laughs> Uh, are supposedly the knowing, and they're out there. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, yeah protecting I was, the children, protecting us. And, I, w- I was thinking when I heard about Andy Bashir, I was like, well, will this radicalize him? Will he be like, uh, okay, I'm fucking sick of these fucking guns, and I'm not going to talk any good, <laughs> anything good about him anymore, and you know, fuck this I'm shit. Or t- go out on a limb and say no. <laughs> that it'll be the well, let's try to work with the Republicans, you know, who really are a disgrace. I mean, right. they always go over the edge. And another topic that we've been on that really nobody else has is the way Donald Trump is uh, not always, but can be focused on the extent that he is a distraction. So you have Trump, not president, hasn't been president, I mean, really a full two years. And so, uh, but nonetheless... The, the right wing, right, and the conservatives are really on a tear like never before, like Roe versus Wade over and going after, of all people, drag queen, uh, transgender people, especially transgender youth, is just so sickening. Uh, and then acting like the going out of their way, oh, the guns aren't doing this, the person does this, you know, the gun can't do it, Second Amendment. No, it can't be this. It can't be this. Like, you can't shoot someone without a gun. You can't. That's why the gun is so significant. Uh, and the the certainty of death, right, high number in a short amount of time of people with a gun, as opposed to really anything else, you at least have a chance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people can always have a weapon. Why do they have to have this? And what the fuck is wrong, America? This is just something that we're going to get used to. And like with this idea of adaption, you say it's the new normal, and well, you just get used to it and all that. This doesn't sound like adaption. This this looks like uh, extinction, right? When it's like the dinosaurs are just going to kill each other, right? And that's what we're going to do. We've gone as far as we can. We've evolved as far as we can. We're good mechanically. You know, we're good with tool. That uh, great sequence in 2001 a Space Odyssey where... They're, they figure out they use the bone as a tool, right? Mm-hmm. And they're beating on the other bones and can see what they can do with it. But in terms of like use your brain to figure things out, we can see how that's just so, so marginal and minuscule in the overall trajectory of humanity. Like it's impossible for scientists and philosophers and enlightened people to have any influence at all. You know, like you have to burrow yourself in your own private world, which I, you know, don't blame people for going into. Mm-hmm. And again, that's what I would encourage, right? Like tune in, turn off and drop out. It's a fantasy to think that reality is redeemable. Um, but it's definitely like in terms of a culture, it, it is going toward extinction when you just have these shootings. Last week it was Nashville, now Louisville. Be the first one on your block. To have your boy come home in a box, except it's not Vietnam, it's here in America, right? They mm-hmm. they ended the draft, and they said, we'll just bring the war here. We'll just turn America into this violent place. We're, really, is there anything else to it? 
It's just well, David, if if everybody was just armed uh, at all times, then um, you know you could defend yourself against these um, uh, shooters, right? So I think that's what what we need is more guns. See, we just don't have enough guns, or at least put those guns. Um, right, I mean, it just cracks of... me up to listen to it, but it's also so infuriating. It's just so it's so right, and it's just so stupid. We both know <laughs> that's what's going to happen. There's, yeah. Um, here's something though that I was thinking. I mean, this is never going to work in the course of course because the people there are never going to listen to it. But you can't have the uh, diametrically opposed in, uh, perceptions of inanimate objects, right? So you can't blame guns for shooting, right? Because it's the person that kills the other person. The gun doesn't do it. Right, right. Right. And yet these same people turn around and they ascribe AD to the Second Amendment. They ascribe agency to the Constitution. They ascribe agency to a text, you know, a piece of paper, a pamphlet, mm-hmm. something you could read on a screen, right? They say this means something, but it doesn't. It's just like the gun, right? It's an inanimate object. It doesn't do anything. The person does it all. It decides if it's even significant in the first place, and if so, to what extent, and from there, the details, precise interpretation. Human beings make meaning. Texts don't make meaning, right? What's so ridiculous about it is that, of course, uh, a gun, in terms of what it actually is and uh, does in terms of an action that a machine performs, right? Of course, because a human being uh, triggers it, like a lawnmower does something because a person makes it do it, Um this is undeniably directly connected to a shooting because you can't have a shooting without a gun. It's the one variable you could take out of the equation <laughs> and there can't be a shooting, right? Yep. Am I missing something? <laughs> yeah. Um... But in the Constitution, they say, you know, these people say, oh, the gun doesn't do anything. It's the person, right? And it's total opposite. We don't interpret that. It's just this means this and that's it. And everybody uh, jerks around and just keeps repeating that. And it's really just a sign of people who have given up, right? And I'm not going to believe in people who have given up. I'm not going to, of course, I'm not talking about the victims here. I'm talking about the would-be leaders, right, that Mm -hmm. care, pretend to care, and the countless people that I think are wasting their time and believing in all of this and thinking that somehow you can get it to... Uh, work. I mean, what a uh, what a nightmare. So yeah, spe- speaking of um, of the general trends of of um, uh, what would you call this, David? Um, I'll, I'll let you uh, define it after I uh, bring it up, which is that the uh, Mayo Clinic put out a message saying that uh, well, starting today that. Uh, they would no longer have. They were going to end their mask mandate for patients and staff. So, and uh, the the tweet that I saw this and uh, the person made a comment that it was, you know, back in the '80s when AIDS happened, uh, that started getting everybody to start um, uh, wearing gloves in the medical field when dealing with patients at all times, right? Um, and they didn't stop, even though AIDS didn't go away. They kept the 
wearing the gloves um, standard in medical care. But, of course, with masks, they're not doing that, all right? Um, and it's just so exasperating how um, these institutions in our culture, um, it's, it's like this conservative reactionary uh, thing that is throughout these um, institutions. Uh, I, was, I was thinking an example that was similar, maybe similar, is in engineering in the United States, um, engin- uh, engineers have still not adopted the metric system as their basis of their their uh, engineering <laughs> science. They always convert, right? They, they still pretty much use it, right, <laughs> most of the time, but they always right, end right. up converting it. Right to this Brooklyn Dodgers <laughs> antiquated, uh, just a total ridiculous. It's you know, of course, it's fine uh, for assembly the, line for, for the average line. for the average person to use a quarter or a pint or whatever. Although um, you know, within a generation, easily people could adopt metric, and they would. That's the way they would see it, and there would be no like nostalgia for you know pints and quarts. And pounds, stubbornness uh, like a cultural stubbornness. Yeah, and so it, that even is, um, you know, that's a, a science field, and, and of course in medicine, there's many um, other examples, but this is the current uh, just terrible example of how that uh, the medical field, uh, you know, the top place, Mayo Clinic, right, um, is not going to adopt it and and be a leader, you know, be saying, you know, I think. We're going to keep this permanently uh, when we're dealing with patients and we're, we're at work, you know, because we um, know that, um, A, they work against airborne uh, viruses and bacteria. Um, they're primarily viruses. And that uh, not only that, uh, but these are areas where a lot of sick, sick people gather together. Duh. So it's a higher risk area. So of course, I hundred percent uh, agree, <laughs> and I, I would just say um, manufactured cultural amnesia, like this hardcore effort to we've got to forget that the pandemic ever happened, like right away. <laughs> all right. Like, it just it's gone from uh-huh. it was on the news all the time to the coverage diminished, and I agree that people have to stop hearing about it on the incessant level they did for a long time. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. But yeah. in terms of, duh, just start adapting to this um, new uh, awareness of the risks that we face in terms of public health with pandemics and viruses. Just keep the mask wearing, for God's sake. Like, it is a good idea, of course, and you uh, are correct, like... Uh, I was going to say you nailed it, you know, Connor <laughs> Easter. <laughs> so, anyway, um, it's a place where people are sick. Mm-hmm. So just make it the regular protocol. And if mm-hmm. you've been doing it, and really to, to be just doing it out in public, I don't see what the big deal is there uh, either. Now, I think outdoors or there aren't a lot of people, but like, I mean, in the grocery store, um when is it going to be that if you've got a place like uh, Kroger, which feels more like being in an airport than being in a grocery, mm-hmm. right? 
that um, like checking out feels like you're going through metal detector and you <laughs> have to un uh, you know put it get it into your you're, pocket you're going you're going down the cattle chute and take uh, your clothes off and get x-rayed and <laughs> yeah. all of that right so yeah. um how many people are going in and out of there nobody's sick and this just on purpose way of not learning anything like this happened you know it still isn't i think a hundred percent over not officially seems like the worst is over i think you can say that but anyway the point is to just so deliberately like this didn't happen we're going to forget about it we're going to go back to how we did things before no mask wearing also airplanes like mm-hmm. being on an airplane <laughs> that's definitely a perfectly sensible time to have a mask on yeah all your no one's looking at you. Everybody's looking at the back of us. There's nothing to do. You just sit in this chair and wait till you land, right? And it'll make it even better to just get out of there, and then you can take your mask off. But those are things that you would think just a vaguely enlightened culture would adhere to. And this is where I would point out this uh, nonsense, this lie, this self-serving lie that Americans say about themselves, about how we're a divided country, is that it's not even that, like, half the don't wear a mask anymore, but you still see some people wearing masks. No one wears masks. Yeah. Nobody. Right. It's very very low. I mean, I, recently, it's, yeah, it's definitely recently, it's the lowest uh, I've ever seen. The only seen. people who, who wear masks are artists, and I, I've got to say, I just saw a great program called Art in the First Century. It featured four artists, and without really getting into the details to sort of uh, get off the subject, but with regard to masks, what was interesting is in the segments when they showed these artists working, and especially when they were working with other people, they were wearing masks. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was like, it'd be like four people working on something, and uh, and it wasn't because it was they were blowing glass or, mm-hmm. you know, putting things in the air. Well, of course, so when was it filmed? I mean, maybe it was filmed a couple years ago. No, it's pretty recent. Oh. 2023 is a recent program. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, well, one thing that just came to mind, that something that has completely gone out of the mind or uh, anything uh, as far as mitigation is ventilation which there was apparently many billions of dollars that was supposed to go uh, all throughout right. the country to buildings or infrastructure. Yeah. Some, it was, I guess, I don't know if they dropped it all in the infrastructure thing or, or what. I think it, a lot of it was passed, maybe even with um, uh, Trump. Um, I think Joe, Joe Manchin <laughs> had it diverted so we can bring back the locomotive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, uh, re- some real progress. I mean, fuck this ventilation shit. <laughs> <laughs> I want my choo choos. They, they got the conductor in there with that <laughs> shovel. Get in there, choo choo. Casey Jones, you better watch your speed. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, and that would be, of course, this forgotten thing would help and search it came to mind when you mentioned kroger and it being cavernous i mean there's uh, one thing i did notice when i was in the hospital with the, at the hospital there for those colonoscopies of my brother-in-law uh back in when was it january and you know none of the staff were wearing uh masks but there there is very good ventilation at the very least in these 
um, procedure areas, right? And I think pretty much the whole hospital, they run everything through HIPAA filters and there's quite a bit of air exchange. So uh, there is that protection, and, and but of course it would be a lot better if they all fucking wore masks, right? And uh, um, yeah, so... <clears throat> Uh, yeah, you know, and, and that is something always to keep in mind for uh, if you're going out and you want to feel safer. It's just the real risk is when you're crammed in uh, and there's no air exchange. You know, when there's a lot of people and the air exchange is low, that's when uh, chances are the highest, of course. Right. Uh, but, um, yeah, and generally these big box stores, um, I mean, at least out here, I don't know about where you're at, but... Uh, uh, if you go in the day or whatever, there's not many people there to start with. So that's kind of, uh, the pro tips not to get COVID. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I was, uh, oh, uh, what oh, time of day are you saying? Well, kind of, you know, earlier in the day when people aren't out of school and, you know, usually the morning is kind of generally a good time well, to go well, to, sure, to stores. I mean, and, most of the time I go to any grocery, right? Like it's fairly busy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, I'm only going to adjust my day so much around going mm-hmm. to the grocery of all things. Right. Like it's one thing to go back to the airport joke. <laughs> like if I'm going to be flying somewhere, then I'll kind of purposefully get up at a certain time. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but really the thing is any place you've got a lot of people by now, this should have been taken care of. We've got all this money to send to Ukraine. I mean, we can you can make a retractable roof on your baseball stadium. Let's have the retractable roof at Kroger, right? Might have a title here: retractable roof for the grocery store. Yeah. So yeah, speaking get people to shop at your place. If the weather's nice, we open the roof. But Americans would be against it because they would think, yeah, but our chances of getting COVID go down. Keep the roof closed. Close the windows. So I, I mask off. So I saw a tweet uh, from Graham Nash. He was talking about. You're a weirdo. You're making me uncomfortable. uh, I saw a tweet from Graham Nash uh, of Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and he revealed that uh, David Crosby died of COVID. Uh, It was his second bout of it. And um, yeah, apparently it killed him pretty quick. Uh, At least he didn't suffer, but uh, that's why it got him in the end. It wasn't all these other things. I, I'm sure that contributed to it, of course, with you know, getting it's it mentioned in this that he had gotten multiple livers. So, I mean, I didn't realize he got more than one. But <laughs> Well, yeah, come on, man. When that stuff happens, I mean, that does make a difference. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the things that makes COVID dangerous. Is that no, mm-hmm. none of us know mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. What are you know, the range of are. things that may be yeah. wrong with this or, you know, how we might be vulnerable for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the and the long but you COVID. You want to talk about manufacturer cultural amnesia? Like whatever happened to the idea that just generally speaking, COVID or no COVID, you don't want to get sick. <laughs> yeah, but um, the pandemic's over, David. So stop worrying and give me a break. All right, there I go again. <laughs> You're t- you catastrophize too much, man. It's crazy, crazy. Doctor Schizoid. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write that down. Doctor Schizoid. Um, Dr. Schizoid uh, <laughs> Podcast Paranoia. I always misspell schizoid. It's PZ? Or... So anyway, I, yeah, um, I was running, through, when I was reading about the uh, uh, shooting, I, I did see a little farther down 
they mentioned there were these leaked Pentagon documents. Uh, I didn't, I haven't really been following this. And uh, the article itself, um, what did it say? What do leaked U.S. intelligence reports say? Here is a quick guide. And uh, first they kind of hedge about its importance because they're not sure. Uh, this is how it starts off. Leak or hack? Information or disinformation? A coup for Russia or a ploy by the United States? Question mark. And uh, so it goes through, you know, details of that, this mega argument. But then when you get to what it's talking about, uh, what did we learn? Uh, so has the U.S. penetrated... The leaked Pentagon documents reveal how deeply the United States has borrowed and burrowed into Russia's security and intelligence services. Um, uh, sorry, I'm, it's kind of a multi weird, multi part um, thing. I'm trying to get the what was actually. Well, yeah, but I think that uh, I, I read something similar where one of the uh, story. I mean, one of the stories here is just the leaks in and of themselves, right? Mm. That, we're starting to get more and more um, these information uh, about what these super powerful institutions are doing. Like right. there was the leak for, of the Supreme Court that the mm-hmm. Roe was going to get mm-hmm. overturned. I think that happened like uh, early May of 2022. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, here with uh, the documents without an influx of munitions, the documents show the air defense system that, is, uh, that has keep the re- they wow. Uh, rare um, uh, error here. Uh, The Russian Air Force at bay may soon collapse, allowing Putin to unleash his fighter jets in ways that could change the course of the war. So it shows that they're worried about the the look on Ukraine is is not not the same as the propaganda we're getting about how there were Russia's on its heels, you know. That's that's generally what the New York Times uh, right. keeps and, saying. Right, and you know, uh, one thing I don't know about you, but one thing I've noticed is uh, those artic- those kinds of articles have definitely cooled off. Um, I'm not really hearing that much at all about Ukraine, which um, you know I kind of wonder why, because for a while there it was pretty heavy on how everything's going bad for uh, Russia and Putin doesn't know what he's doing and he underestimated how hard it was going to be and uh, They've been battling for this one place um, in uh, eastern Ukraine and then saying, you know, it doesn't really matter if Russia gets it. And it's like, well, if it doesn't matter, then just let them have it. Why are you, why are you defending it? Like, of course it matters. Like, it's a war. Like, you don't want to lose uh, a, a, one of your cities uh, when they're, like, trying to advance. And uh, But I am really just haven't been hearing that much um, about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm certainly not hearing anything that is consistent with the vision that i think we're supposed to have we're going to give ukraine all of these weapons and training and all this money Mm -hmm. and they're really really going to kick uh russia's ass and Mm -hmm. uh, send them and they're going to win what about you i mean oh well i mean you heard well yeah i mean it's um just by looking for instance at the new york times coverage uh, it's all gone to the back burner right it's um uh, of course, there's still constant coverage, uh, but a lot of um, ambiguity has gone into the coverage, um, and uh, I, th- I think it's just a matter of time where our negotiations will have to be talked about, right? Um, and 
and uh, yeah, so and and China has really been doing a uh, uh, their diplomacy regarding it and Russia um, has made it even less tenable um, <clears throat> as far as the situation. But you know, I think the goal may be to just keep keep it going on in a low boil, maybe permanently. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, I think. Uh, permanently is is right and just make it serious style um you know syria is still going on and that one's never stopped it's a state of low boil and i think after after this initial uh pumping it up real big there'll just be another low boil thing where um it it just uh that yeah that's what my uh i think is the most likely uh probably this coming year there'll be the transition to the uh the permanent trickle, right? But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just. We've got to have this constant justification for cutting things here in America, right? Mm. So you kill two birds with one stone. You keep right. the wars going. You keep yeah. uh, the money tied up, right? And keep you thinking about that over there and nothing over here, right? Or, or uh, it seems like the only other real subject is Trump, right? So it's <laughs> for for right. the one side, and then it's the. Um, what is the other side? Right now, it's the, the evil trans, right? <clears throat> right. Although the, conquering the drag queens and making sure that women can't uh, um, get their abortions. Abortion. Yeah, because this last week, there was a, a judge, um, uh, I guess a federal judge, or maybe it was local, who, who knows, um, banned in one of the states, I think it was Idaho or something like that, um, um, or maybe it was nationwide. It was ordered the FDA to like stop um, having available um, abortion uh, pill, and, right? Um, and then another one did a contradictory one against it. So it's gonna it'll probably end up in the Supreme Court, and we'll see how how that goes. Um, right. I mean, but, gee, uh, yeah. that, that's that's gonna be hard to predict. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How are they gonna rule against? Abortion pills. and Right, uh, but the problem with the ruling that said that this pill can't be uh, dispensed is it's connected to the uh, Comstock uh, Act. And so if a federal judge says that this can't be dispensed, it has implications for the whole nation, not just the particular state in which the ruling was, was based. So it's, this is now beyond just... In this state, they're basically saying you can't have an abortion, but you can have you still have at least uh, your havens, uh, like a place like Illinois or New York State, uh, where uh, activists um, are heroically, you know, working to help women still mm-hmm. uh, get a safe and and uh, legal abortion. Yes, Doctor Gouge, um, we're there ready with our, our clinics on the borders. Right, um, but. Um, but yeah, I mean that stigmatization, and also like the the drag queen, like ah, uh, they're the little kids. Uh, let's turn them all into perverts and drag queens. Many drag queens. Um, uh, anyway, little, um, little mini drag queens. Oh, but this cute. is kind of getting to the point where the the attack on abortion rights is more far-reaching to the state level, and so that uh, rightfully has uh, many people concerned. But I just think it's with yet another shooting, it's that perfect juxtaposition. Of, you know, you're pro-life. You're just always so unmoved every time you know, one of these shootings happen, man. And, and there have been a lot. This is a lot of people getting killed. Uh, and as, as bad as I can 
say that the Republicans are, and the NRA certainly, uh, you know, ultimately you have to fault the people and the way in which they just want to see themselves as detached and separate from all of this and think they don't have, you know, any kind of responsibility to David, be involved. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll quickly, uh, speaking of many, uh, I saw at the bottom a partial list of U- U.S. mass shootings in 2023, and I'll quickly go through them. Uh, January 4th, Enoch, Utah, eight people all in the same family were killed inside a home. Uh, January 16th, Goshen, California, four generations of a single family were fatally shot by two intruders. Uh, January 21st, Monterey Park, California, a 72-year-old gunman killed 11 people and wounded at least nine others at a dance hall in a predominantly Asian-American community. Well, now, wait, haven't there been 146 of these? <laughs> are you going to read every one? <laughs> now, these, these are a partial, it's a partial list. It's the greatest hits, David. Come on, I'm not going to bore you with all those, like, just average three killed. Yeah, let's get on to something that matters. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, there's a quite a variety. So uh, quickly, there's when's that income tax go down? <laughs> Three people were killed in Los Angeles. Uh, gunman attacked people on a bus uh, in Washington D.C. Uh, East Lansing, Michigan. Three students were killed. Uh, Tate County, Mississippi, shooting rampage. Multiple locations in Mississippi. I don't even remember that one. Memphis, eleven people were shot. Yeah, I kind of remember that one, but. It's already kind of fallen out of. I've got amnesia. I've got amnesia, man. March twenty seventh, Nashville, heavily armed assailant shot and killed three children and three adults. Trans. Wasn't that the trans one? That Uh, was the not him shooter. The not him. (laughs) The not him shooter. Non n o n. I'm sorry. N o n dash h i m. The non him shooter. Non him. Not him. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that gave some fodder. Uh, see, look, those trans are, they're vi- they are the violent ones. Uh, at, at least four people were killed in Louisville April 10th. So, there you go, the latest one, Kentucky. Bank shooting. Killed those fucking banksters. We, we've got the spotlight now. Yeah, I can t- <laughs> yeah. We're, we're waiting. Who's, who's next? Yeah. yeah, we're working on some some better ones here. You know, we've got to um, we almost banned the abortion here recently, but we'll we'll get it done next time. Right. How long is it going to be before we start to see uh, mass shooting parties like on YouTube? <laughs> you mean TikTok before or after? Mass after. Shooting, you like, get a yeah, well, I mean, people over to watch all of the details and everything. Yeah, well, I'm I'm sure it's already happened, David. I'm sorry to, it's to becoming tell you. a tradition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a spreading across the land. Well, actually, speaking of that, um, there was Nancy uh, noticed on Facebook that they did have this thing where it was like you could look at your list of friends and say whether or not you were okay. The ones in Louisville. <laughs> So they they did have like I'm alive check mark thing on Facebook. So um, yeah, it's already, right. already happened on social media, David. I'm sorry to tell you, uh, <laughs> reality is always ahead of the um, uh, the irony train. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, yeah, what what else we got, David? I, I guess quickly we could talk about uh, last week's championship game, which happened just after our. Um, um, uh, broadcast that evening. Um, I think I 
forgot about it. I'm sorry to say. Um, but then uh, it's kind of better in some ways where I get the condensed uh, sort of like summary of it where it's like every shot, you know, almost uh, that happens in like seven minutes. So you kind of see, right, the, right. see the game condensed, you know, real quick. So that was almost as good. Uh, and, of, of course, what you saw pretty – you know, that they were just destroyed. <laughs> I mean, uh, got a good beat down. Uh, and, uh, you mean the San Diego state? Yeah. San Diego state got a pretty, pretty thorough, you know, they weren't just completely obliterated. It wasn't a total, uh, <laughs> walking out of there in, in total shame, but, uh, they did have some mini comebacks there, but, uh, what did you assess out of the game? You did. Well, I just saw the at least terrific. you got at least you got that one right, but that was it wasn't right, a hard right. call, really. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. I finally just um, you know went with the more you know sensible uh, than the mm-hmm. sort of uh, exciting high risk, uh, but that's part of the fun. Yeah. Of, uh, right. Of uh, picking. Yeah. The, I was I was thinking how that um, that's what kind of the volatility and reactiveness of the game. Of course, you're, it's going to be very unpredictable, and that's kind of part of the joy of it, right? You, you don't know what's going to happen. Things can just, out of nowhere, uh, be good or expe- especially good, especially, right? Well, no doubt about it. One of the things that I think uh, makes college basketball the best sport in the world is its unpredictability. Like, no one would have predicted this Final Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people uh, would have predicted uh, Connecticut uh, to win because, mm-hmm. especially earlier in the year, they were a highly ranked team and getting a lot of uh, attention. And then they kind of uh, cooled off and plateaued um, during a conference play. Uh, we know the Big East uh, was actually pretty good with uh, Creighton uh, nearly also making it uh, to the Final Four. And, um, you know, Xavier wound up uh, making uh, at least getting to the Sweet 16. Um, But the main thing that I saw in Connecticut was just this um, terrific uh, offensive uh, basketball team. And uh, this was one of these years where there wasn't a dominant team. There were a lot of good teams and uh, Connecticut uh, really got hot at the the right time. Mm -hmm. But I think there's more to it than that. I think that they were a team that was built around sort of the the consummate uh, half-court set team where you have uh, the two big men, uh, Sonogo for offense, and then uh, uh, Klingon, uh, more the defensive guy, but really a lot of size, good athletes in terms of strength and and mobility and able to get up and down the floor. Um, And then they had four people who could really shoot. I mean, uh, Newton... And uh, Hawkins, uh, that uh, uh, Kalkachekia, uh, uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, the Caravan. And uh, and those guys all uh, hit shots, and they hit them when UConn needed to, to hit them. Uh, as far as the uh, you know, argument that, you know, defense is what wins, and that all the champions are in the top 25 uh, defensively, um, I think that that's a distorted, uh, you know, prejudice uh, look at it. You always want to look at when the team that wins, how they played uh, offense, and uh, certainly uh, Connecticut was superb on offense all throughout the tournament, uh, especially that game against UConn. They just rang up uh, 82 points. UConn wanted to run with them and have a high-scoring game, and Connecticut just said, let's go, and you know, left them behind. And once Gonzaga just couldn't keep up with them, I mean, the game just uh, totally uh, fell apart. Uh, but uh, Connecticut really dominated 
And uh, this shows you when there's uh, real competition, right? When it's un- unpredictable, no one was going to say Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, and then uh, Miami were going to be uh, in the Final Four, then again, along with uh, UConn. Um, so that lets you know you've got some real uh, uh, competition going on there. And I thought that uh, Connecticut's success did uphold uh, the argument that uh, offense wins championships. And that the key to being a, a winning basketball team is that you've got to uh, play well in the half-court set uh, on offense. Yes, indeed, ma'am. All right. Well, it's good to go out on something a little less horrific than that. Well, um, uh, while we still have uh, maybe a, another minute or two, yeah. uh, the tornadoes. Oh, oh yeah. I forgot about Which I had those. as a topic, I think, oh. maybe for last week uh-huh. or the week before, but we didn't yeah. get to it. But yeah, yeah. by this time of year, we're supposed to – have on average have had at this point 200 tornadoes i guess how many we've had you mean average 200 so far in the country yeah, or something? on average by this time of year would have had the united states would have had 200 tornadoes mm-hmm. i'll say so i'll say three i'll say 300 that's exactly it yes wow wow a hundred more than we should have and uh well yeah i was just i was just looking there was just the other day there wasn't some in louisville uh did you hear about those uh, we'll get into the bigger ones, but these are like the most recent. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, yeah, didn't one hit the Pleasure Ridge Park area? <laughs> yeah, one hit the. That was the kind of the the most. Uh, there were there was one there, kind of near Iroquois Park and Dixie Highway, there in the south end of Louisville. South end. And uh, kind of the most dramatic view is this big old part of a, a apartment building whose roof was completely removed and. Uh, blown away yeah it looks like the side of Iroquois Park got some damage from it too and uh and then there were a couple right next to each other I guess they kind of were almost the exact same time uh right there by the yum the yum um corporate headquarters that's right near um you know where I'm talking about it's kind of mutual uh area let's see what Newburgh yeah sort of near Hurstbourne yeah Hurstbourne uh, no, it's um, yeah, Watterson Express Bra- Expressway in Newburgh Road. Oh, okay, yeah, kind of right in there. That. Yeah, um, so it it did some damage. It did some damage to the Yum Corporate Headquarters and the Post Office, big Post Office thing right there, and two or three other buildings had their walls pushed in, and uh, yeah, and this was just on April fifth, five days ago. Um, Right here nearby, but you were <clears throat> you were especially thinking about, I guess, some of these ones down in Mississippi. The um, let's hope that the the new uh, tornado alley is going to stay down there. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, no kidding. But uh, I'm not so sure. I think, uh, like evidence from the the um, uh, December 10th tornado. Um, of a little yeah, we're just not, we're too close to say that you know we <laughs> right. don't have to sweat it. Yeah, and um, see, seeing a lot of them. So uh, there's this weather pattern where you have these giant systems form in the North Pacific, mm-hmm. right? And then they come; they're creating these atmospheric rivers that go over California, and then once it goes inland basically just a matter of where it settles right and so if it settles in the middle of the country you know as it's getting to where the it's going to run into the 
air coming in from the Gulf, which is what causes the wind shear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This depends on how far north it is when that happened. If it comes in like around uh, southern Missouri and northern Arkansas, the stuff will stay south of it. But if it comes in north of that at all, you know, we'll be at least on the north end of danger mm-hmm. zone. But the fact that December 10th happened, and what's kind of unsettling is, is I was sort of hoping that um, it was just going to move the tornado season earlier. But now, mm. but really, it's just made it longer. Right, right. It starts earlier, <laughs> but you still have the, yeah. the fret about it in the spring. Yeah. Well, and this year has been the year of the wind. Uh, I just, I don't know. I've lost count of how many wind events, you know, things blown over here. Uh, <laughs> oh sure and then and... it was like down here um, maybe three weeks ago there was a, a really intense windstorm where things mm-hmm. were <clears throat> uh, blown over and uh, yeah and that, there, there was, was there was also a straight line wind event in Louisville as well um, in another area of the Louisville area there was just some straight line winds that did a bunch of damage and of uh, course, we're, uh, a week ago, uh, 1974 was a big uh, tornado outbreak day, historical day, and a tornado mm-hmm. in Louisville on that mm-hmm. day. Now, do you remember that day? Uh, no, Some I don't. 49 I mean, years I don't remember. Yeah, I, I did remember it because it, there was, I remember us going you down. living close to where that was going on. Well, right? one of them. <clears throat> yeah, West Kentucky didn't have much. It was all more um, central Kentucky up and through up into Ohio, I guess, is where it really right. broke out. And we were in Wilmore, Kentucky then, which is um, the county seat of Jesmond County. Is that right? Mm. Uh, yeah, that's not too or, far or, from Fayette County. Or is it Woodford? Maybe it's Woodford. Anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's south of, of Lexington. And I guess there was one not too far away. Uh, I remember us going into the uh, basement, I remember the sky looked um, ominous, but, you know, of course I was only four years old, so, um, you know, it's it's hard to say how accurate my memory is of, of that. But uh, That's there, pretty there, good, though. I mean, yeah, uh, there was, there was well, some yeah, memory you there. You were in the middle of it. Yeah, you know, we, it, it, did, it did make an impression, and I'm, I'm sure I felt the slight fear that the parents had of the, of the wicked situation, you know, and uh, all that, so... Yeah, I mean, uh, Louisville got hammered pretty bad. There was, actually, I, I don't know, maybe there was one death, but a lot of destruction through a pretty strong tornado that went right through the Cherokee Park, leveled a bunch yep. of trees there. Um, Bardstown did, Road, there was mm-hmm, a lot of damage. Mm-hmm, yeah, all kinds of, uh, a lot of damage, but uh, fortunately not, not many deaths. Um, and uh, let's see, um, yeah, and there were, of course, um, what were it, Breckenridge County, or I, I think yeah, it was more, Brandenburg. Brandenburg and, uh, got really bad. They had like fifteen yeah, or twenty people bad. died. Um, it was basically the same tornado that hit. It was like the earlier version of the same tornado. You know, um, often, and that's the often, thing. There were a lot of tornadoes, and a lot of them were really strong. Yeah, the four, was four to one five. Of the worst, EF5. Right. Yeah, and like these ones in Louisville, they just happened. They were EF one. Um, which you know, EF one can cause a lot of damage, but of course the I four think the one that hit Louisville might have been a little more than an EF one. Oh yeah, it was at least a four. I don't think it was a five, but it was a four. No, the what the the um, yeah. You're I'll, talking about the one that recently. 
Yeah, the one that was recent was just an right, was EF1. An no. Yeah, EF1. I, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was April 4th? April 4th, 1974? April 3rd, 1974. 3rd. Super, the 74 Super Outbreak. Super Outbreak. There's your band name. And there you go. <laughs> Supercell. Yeah, so there was, there were 70, oh, Outbreak Death Toll. There were 77 deaths in Alabama. 16 in Georgia, 5 in Illinois, 47 in Indiana, 71 in Kentucky, Michigan 2, North Carolina 6, Ohio 38, Ontario 9, Tennessee 45. Wow. Uh, yeah. Totals 319. So that, that was a super outbreak. And, uh, yeah, so I hope we don't have more of those. Um, that's even more extreme than the... Uh, the long track tornado, which was, I guess there were a couple of other tornadoes, but it was mostly just this one <laughs> unbelievably long track tornado. It almost broke the record, uh, but let's see what the... Brandenburg had F5 damage, and uh, Louisville had F4 damage. Yeah, quite a few of them were F5. I mean, that's pretty hardcore when a EF4 tornado hits a city the size of Louisville. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was miraculous that not more people were killed. Sure, man. Yes, indeed. All right, that's the weather report. You know, make sure you've got a shelter, a good shelter. But, uh, in terms of of ending on a positive note, it is going to be a really beautiful week uh, this week. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So I seventy sunny, mild, and mm-hmm. no storm. Everybody out there, enjoy it. If it's nice where you are. So we're going to cruise on through here for my uh, colleague and co-host, David Vernon Miller. This is Dr. David W. Overby, and you've been listening to The Oblivion Podcast.